Welcome to Stories from the Ridge. Hi, I'm Steve Hearn, and I'm Vice President for Advancement at Macaulay, and I'm a member of Macaulay's class of 1974, the great class of 1974. In this podcast, I'll be joined by John Marcellus, also a Macaulay alumnus, and he's currently serving as our weekend activity director, and we'll visit with Darren Mormon. Darren taught Bible and coached Macaulay back in the 1990s, for seven years, and then uh, he left Macaulay to head out west where he pursued a career in film production. Since his years, he's produced many different films, and his most recent film, Blue Miracle, just recently premiered on Netflix, where it was the highest trending film of the summer. I hope you'll sit back and enjoy this Visit with Darren and John Marcellus as we sit here on the campus of Macaulay School and share our stories from the Ridge. Well, it's, uh, it's great to be out at Macaulay today. We're on the Macaulay campus for a fantastic podcast that we're doing today. And uh, with us today are Darren Mormon, who is a not only a former Macaulay teacher, but is uh, known probably worldwide now as being an incredible producer of film and he's here with us today and also John Marcellus Macaulay alumnus class of 85 <laughs> whispers to me and uh, and it's fun just to be sitting out here on the, the quadrangle uh, we're outside and uh, sitting out in front of Caldwell Hall and the chapel in the academic building and brings back so many memories but Hopefully, our conversation with Darren and John will bring back memories from when Darren was here as a teacher, and then uh, obviously uh, he'll be able to update us on what he's doing now. Darren just uh, wanted to say hello, and uh, also congratulations on your great new movie, Blue Miracle. It's uh, I've watched it. It's an incredible film. Uh, has a wonderful message. But welcome back to Macaulay. Oh, thank you, Steve. It's great to be here. Uh, love being back. Uh, I started here in 1990, so it's been a rich, rich history. I started with John Marcellus uh, same <laughs> year. It's uh, it's amazing to think uh, how how far we have come. <laughs> oh, John just said 31 years. Uh, uh, he, he's he's a math whiz. <laughs> he is, and uh, and I know that you all have so many stories to share, and maybe one would be. Uh, just think back to the beginning when you first started here, and I know you and John were working on a lot of different projects. Maybe you could take us back to the very beginning. Well, one, one thing about John is uh, John loves to be front and center in everything. So <laughs> uh, we did Young Life together, and all the skits that we did together, uh, John was always the tough guy, and I was always the guy getting beat up. I just don't, I don't, know, I don't know how it worked out that way. But what do you want to say oh, about we that, John? We switched roles occasionally. You know, it was maybe once. A lot of the skits where you had the tough guy, you had the not so tough guy. So yes. you had Harold and Junior. Frequently, I would play Harold. Yes. You play Junior. Then we sometimes have Spike and Myron. I I, I, I usually Spike. got the Myron <laughs> role. Well, I actually, it's interesting because the uh, this would you would you say that that Young Life at Macaulay was really your first acting roles, other than um. You did some some photo shoots for Kmart, of course, before that. But yeah, for for the for the listening audience that doesn't know what Kmart is, uh, 
Uh, yes, I, I, I started out as a teenager um, in, in every Kmart across the country. So you guys partnered up in terms of acting and leading the Young Life Group, but looking inward toward your role here at Macaulay back then, Darren, uh, talk a little bit about uh, what your responsibilities were. Uh, well, you know, I, I definitely stepped into something that I had no idea what I was stepping into because uh, I started teaching Bible and, you know, and John Strang, the legend, uh, some call him Bud, some call him Yo. He started uh, out as Yo and then somehow transitioned to Bud. I'm not sure how that happened. Not, not sure how that, how that happened. I, I mean, it, it happened this way. He couldn't remember anyone's name, so he called everyone Bud. So, uh, it's a good strategy. yes, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with that. The older I get, I'm just going to go with that. Uh, but you know, John was a legend and, and they asked me to teach Bible. And so, uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that no kid wanted to sign up for my class. It was like, cause everyone wanted to be in his class. It was, I stepped into some big shoes. So when he started, when you first started Macaulay in 1990, like how many, sections of Bible did you have and how many did he have? Uh, I think we, I think I started probably with three and then by the time uh, I finished seven years later uh, I had five and he had one. So, one special. Uh, and so you also coached uh, yes, part of your responsibilities? Yes, uh, I, I loved, uh, I loved being part of the sports program. I coached uh, varsity basketball and coached uh, junior high football and baseball. Wow. And so you started here in 1990. When did you begin to explore the idea of, of acting professionally and, and what was the kind of the catalyst that moved you in that direction? You know, I ended up um, taking, taking a summer off. I normally did sports camp every summer. I ended up taking a summer off and I went out to USC. A buddy of mine was in the in the film program out there and they had a summer film program that I participated in and, and I really fell in love with film and uh, it was uh, I don't remember if it was summer of 93 or 97 or 95 but somewhere somewhere around there and I got exposed to LA and the, the film community and you know in the perfect weather and it was one of those things where it, it was tough for me to turn back did you uncover some um, some music videos that Darren did back in the 90s, right? Yeah, let me ask you this. Now, weren't you in a John Cougar Mellencamp music video? Uh, I was, yes, and, I was. Uh, and then somehow I'd heard that you were in a Boston uh, I was. video. Yes. That's, that's pretty. Do you remember the songs? Um, you know, the, 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 good, the good news about... Um, <laughs> How long, how long ago those were is that, that we don't have any digital files of those. Um, and, and, the, and the VHS tapes are, uh, lo are long gone. Oh, they may be there um, right here. Yeah, they, John, uh, John just lifted up a, was it an 8-track? Uh, no, it's that's a, a VHS, DV, tape. VHS tape yeah. of it, Subtly Susan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So you were in that? Uh, I, I think I think that John and I actually were in that together. John. Well, yeah, this is back in mid-90s, of course. And so I kind of had the same 
kind of dream that you had. It would be fun to be on, you know, in front of the camera on screen. And so I said, hey, is there any way, you know, are there any, you know, any roles for extras in um, out there in L.A.? And so you remember you hooked us up. So the two of us, this was 19, this was actually 1998. Um, we were in, so you hooked us up with both walk-on roles on Suddenly Susan. For those of you that probably a very small percentage of our listeners have heard of Suddenly Susan, but it was a sitcom in the 90s with, of course, Brooke, the Brooke Shields. The Brooke Shields. Right. And then Kathy Griffin, who's still going strong, doing doing comedy. And then Judd Nelson. You remember? Of you know course. what Judd Nelson is most famous for? I'm sure you know. No, you're going to have to remind it's Breakfast us. Club. Of yeah, course. The most, probably the most iconic 80s movie the breakfast club and so yeah we were on set at warner brothers and it was a strange episode of suddenly season because they were going to israel for which they don't do every episode no they do not <laughs> and we so darren and so yeah you and i were working on a kibbutz with uh, judd and brooke and kathy were in the episode and so a kibbutz there in israel so i actually still have um if we were if we had a vcr we could watch it on uh, the VCR, that episode of Suddenly Season back from 1998, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I, I have, I have one other uh, fun story that'll that'll tie into that nicely. Uh, so, so I ended up getting married uh, to a California girl in 2004, and we were sitting in a little pizza joint in Santa Monica, and uh, my my wife Krista, we'll we'll talk to everyone and and uh she gets in this conversation and the conversation just keeps going on and they're just having the best time and you know and then the the woman gets up leaves leaves the restaurant my wife looks at me and goes how do we know her does she does she go to our church you know i'm like no that was brooke shields uh and so uh, uh so i uh Re- reconnected with Brooke Shields years later. Of course, I didn't mention the fact that we were on her on her show. Uh, I did, you know, just I just failed to mention that. So somewhere in this period, you started to come to realize that maybe acting, while it was fun and, and maybe something you enjoyed, that as a professional career you might move in a different direction toward producing. How did that come about? Oh, I, I quickly realized living in L.A. that um, that I just wasn't very talented. I don't know if I was talented living in Chattanooga, <laughs> but uh, I, I just wasn't that talented as an actor. And uh, and I, but I have a passion and love for stories, and and so I, I pivoted my career wisely. Although um, had I been good at acting, I would have made a lot more money. Uh, but I, uh, but that's another story. But so I. I Pivoted to the producer role, and and really learned from from the ground up as a what they call a PA production assistant, and started working on movies and anything that I could work on, and began to learn the business of making movies. Well, thinking about that that role as a producer, one thing I've noticed in just looking at your films and enjoying them is that there's always a message, and it's. It seems like there's a message of hope, of character, and of faith. And 
kind of thinking back to your beginnings at Macaulay, did Macaulay, your experience here, and also obviously any other experiences, have an impact on how you view what it is you will produce today? Yeah, no, no doubt. As a, you know, as a as a teacher, one of the things about story is I, I realize that, you know, if if your class is getting sleepy or if your class is um, they're distracted talking, if you'll go into a story, kids will just sit up and listen and. And I can remember because my dad was a pastor. I, I'd sleep through most of his sermons, but the mo- then, then he'd break out a story, and I'd be wide awake. And so, the the power of stories always been important to me, and and I think you know as a teacher, you I learned that in 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 very valuable ways, and you learn what sort of moves, you know, your your audience. And so, you know, and I was able to translate that to, you know, fortunately to a global audience in making films. Well, if we're going to look, you know, we're crossing over into kind of the producing side of what you've been doing. I hate to gloss over, but your most obvious feature film role was as a as a part of the movie Soldier with Kurt Russell. Yes. Before we fully move over into producing, do you have any memories of that other than having to shave your head for the movie? Well, I mean, that was the biggest memory uh, because as, as a young as a young filmmaker starting out, uh, you sort of take any job you can get, and um, and I got a phone call that says, "Hey, you want to be on this this movie, Soldier? It's a three weeks, and you know they're gonna at the time they're gonna you know pay me three hundred bucks a day." And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, absolutely. And then I, I show up on the set over there, you know, for a, a quick little audition and wardrobe fitting. And uh, then, then they mentioned to me, oh, by the way, uh, we're going to need you to shave your head. Everybody's uh, a soldier. Right? Everyone so. is a soldier. And I'm like, w- w- you mean trim it down? Um, like, no, no, we're going we're gonna to bick it. I mean, they're, right. they're, they're, they literally uh, shaved it. So, um, but it, it was a great experience. Kurt Russell's uh, uh, one of my favorite actors. And to be on the set with him for a few weeks and... Uh, you know, and I was a soldier, so they had they had a workout room, so I could just work out all day in between takes and 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 look like a soldier. Well, so according to IMDb, which is obviously the bible of acting and producing, you have twenty two. I guess that's including projects that are that are still being completed, but you have twenty two producing credits, and your first one was filmed right here in Chattanooga in 2001. And um, so 20 years ago, you produced your first film all over again right here in Chattanooga. Right so here in Chattanooga. You, it's available on DVD. And I don't know if, it's, we haven't figured out if it's streaming anywhere, but what can you tell us about that experience back from 20 years ago? I'm sure it's streaming somewhere illegally. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure it's, uh, I. Where where else it may be, uh, you know it was a, it was a, it was a phenomenal experience as a as a young producer to bring uh, a movie to back to Chattanooga. Called on lots of favors, uh, including John Marcellus, uh, who who has a you have to see the see the film because he has a, a great role as an umpire and everyone who knows John knows he's a sports guy. Did he so, have a speaking line? Yeah. Oh yes. John, he, you want, can you remember it? 
It went some well, I had four different speaking lines. That one would be ball one, other would be strike, and then there'd also be safe, and there'd be out of there. So those are basically the four roles. But that was enough to uh, get a generous credit from the producer of that film, Darren Mormon. Yes. Um and I, I think you even got some SAG residuals. You probably made more money on that on that film than I did. So, uh, from, you know, on on this film, I asked John to drive back and forth to Nashville to pick up our big actors. Uh, you know, Craig T. Nelson from Coach. And of wow. Course, yeah. Um, he was he was a le- he was a legend. He still is a legend, but he was a legend back in at that time. For sure, and then uh, Robert Loggia, Academy Award-nominated actor, and John Amos. So, uh, and John, John here just drove back and forth to uh, Nashville, hang, hanging out with actors. So I knew I could trust John. I knew he was a great conversationalist, uh, and that uh, the actors would ha- would have a great time. Was it like? I know you have some interesting story. You know, at least one interesting story working with Robert Loggia. Uh, well, Robert was a. You know, he he was a he was a feisty guy, but he was also a, a you know pure gentleman. You know, and uh, and so, but the the first day on set uh, here in Chattanooga, I remember it 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 rained here in Chattanooga like I've never seen rain. I think there was six inches of rain, and, and we had about a two hour delay on day one. <laughs> uh, like this is the start to my producing career, uh, and at lunch. You know, Robert Loggia, you know, reach, reaches in and grabs with his hands a, uh, a handful of chips. And the caterer uh, from, from Chattanooga, uh, good, old, good old boy, maybe not such a good old boy, but uh, he literally yells at my, my lead actor, the star of my film, and says, get your effing hands out of the chips. And uh, the entire cast and crew heard it. And so that was the last day for our caterer. So <laughs> I, I had to let our caterer go. Uh, it was a, it was a tough. I was in a tough spot because I think at the time, to get a caterer in Chattanooga was a difficult deal. Uh, and the the beautiful community here in Chattanooga uh, really rallied around the film. And for two days in a row, they rolled up grills. And, and they, they went and bought salmon and burgers and, 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 and made us lunch two days in a row. Uh, and they did it for free. I mean, the, it, was, it was an amazing uh, just gesture of kindness to, uh, to me, to the, to the film. Uh, and eventually we found another caterer. Well, the thing that was so cool about that, about that film, and I just absolutely enjoyed it, but it was, I mean, there were so many it was entirely there were no you know scenes shot back in LA the entire thing was shot here and it was um you know we did a red carpet premiere out at um at it I guess at that time it was East Ridge Cinemas but but we shot all over town and what you remember some of the more unique spots that that uh, we shot at for all over again oh my goodness uh so we, we, we shot in schools, obviously baseball fields. We shot in the, the old historic Ingle um, Stadium, uh, which, was, which was really amazing uh, because we had sort of open casting over the radio. And I, I'd look up in the stands and see 
just Macaulay friends and and families, the people that we knew that were up there, you know, che- cheering on the fake baseball game and cheering John on as the umpire. I think that's why, I think that's why they showed up. So uh, yeah, Chattanooga is a beautiful place to film. Other than the day one of rain, it was a spectacular shoot. Well, I know the. I mean, with 22 producing credits, we can't, you know, we can't touch on all of them. But one of the few that wasn't um, wasn't actually a feature film was a very fun series that you did for uh, the Comic Con channel, a streaming series. Can you take us back to that? Uh, I can. So, uh, so I was. Well, I'll take you back to even further. Uh, when I when I arrived in in L.A., uh, I was very fortunate to to meet up with a man by the name of Howard Kazanjian, and he was a producer of a couple small films you may not have heard of, but Raiders of the Lost Ark and Return <laughs> and Return of the Jedi. Uh, have you heard of those, John? Kind of, kind of. They're both in my top ten. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and and to be honest, Raiders of the Lost Ark was was a was a very important film for me because it it showed me that how you could talk about God uh, in in a big movie and in fact I, I I did an interview with Howard Kazanjian just a couple years ago and and he's a he's a man of faith he's had a huge career and I said hey how much impact did you have on that script and, and the God elements in in Raiders of the Lost Ark and he just said all of it uh, and so it's it's really amazing how uh, one, one man carrying out his faith and and producing films at a high level what, what an impact that can have and so uh, for 18 years Howard mentored me so it was a and he's still one of my one of my great friends so 18 years into being mentored I said hey I have I have a show idea because I did not ever want to abuse that that friendship and so I pitched him the idea and he loved it. And he said, you know who's gonna love this show? And he said, Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. And I said, who's that? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Please tell uh, me. I, I was, it was a joke, <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, but Mark Hamill, if you don't know, is Luke Skywalker. Uh, and uh, he's a phenomenal guy, so he said yes. And uh, we were able to, to sell the show to Lionsgate and we, we did 10 episodes of Mark Hamill's Pop Culture Quest. What, you, basically, John's going to go to every, every project that he was a part of. So, uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll go ahead and just... The force is strong with this Yes, one. yes, the, the force is strong. So, so John knows I'm you know, filming with Mark, and, and he just happens to arrive on my doorstep. Total pa- coincidence. Total coincidence. Yes. And I said, well, you know, I'm filming at 7 a.m. He goes, okay, I'll be in the car. And I said, well, it's a pretty tight set. I don't know that I can bring you. Uh, but we figured out a way uh, to make John security. So he, he played Mark Hamill's security guard for the day uh, to make sure that he was protected. So I, I alerted the, uh, the crew and Mark that, that he was going to have security for the day. Uh, and, and one of my favorite things is that John... John was having a little, uh, you know, a little leg issue, and so he was limping pretty badly at the time. Um, I didn't bring a walker for him, but it's easy. 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 Um, 
and I, I, so I introduce him to Mark and say, hey, this is your security. And, and I know Mark's just looking at me like, this guy can barely walk. And I'm just like, no, that, that's from a fight he got into on the last set. He's, he actually, he's, he's very tough. He actually said that I was too old to begin the training. But it was a fun, fun experience. Well, that was it. Remember whose house that was at? That was at Bob. Bob, um, Bob Burns. Bob Burns, yeah, Bob one of the Burns. most famous guys in the you know the long legend of hollywood filming a yeah. lot of props right he's got lot, some really cool uh, stuff yeah uh at that house which i can't give you the address of uh I probably i don't know 10 15 20 million dollars worth of props uh well I, I specifically remember a photo that i took of he has bob has the original um animatronic King Kong from 1933 what they used for the stop-motion footage with King Kong which was yeah. very cool to see yeah that that one right there was a million dollars that, that was, so it, it may have been a hundred million dollars worth of worth of things now that I know that I think about <laughs> it but it was a it, it was quite quite a day because Mark is a, is a is a guru of all things pop culture so it was, it was a lot of fun well, you know, moving ahead, I, I, we can't touch on all 22 credits, but I want to move, you know, we want to move ahead to to um, two of the one. You know, we've got Blue Miracle that we want to touch on here in a few minutes, but two great films that we've, you've done in the last few years, one of which was, um, unfortunately, I didn't get to be on set for this one, but the 2017 film with Academy Award winners and nominees all over the place, same kind of different as me. Yeah, uh, so I was very fortunate to put that film together uh, with Renee Zellweger, Greg Kinnear, uh, John Voigt, and Jaiman Hansu. And, uh, of course, Renee just won her second Oscar. And so, you know, it's, it was a, an amazing treat for a filmmaker that, um, you know, to, to actually step onto a set with that kind of talent. So it uh, comes a long way from, from you and I, John, in, in our acting days. I, I th think, th think they're a little bit more talented than, than we were, uh, no, no doubt. Uh, but, you know, one of, one of the things that I'd love to just share is the fact that I'd worked, you know, in Hollywood about 13 years. And in all of the films that I had done, I was really working for... Uh, for every for everyone else, right. I, I was producing movies for MGM, and you know, and so everyone was just saying, "Hey, come come do this," and and he, again, go back to uh, whoever would pay me. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to keep the lights on, and then when I got I got married and had kids, every day they they those kids get up and they want to eat. So, uh, uh, but about eight years ago. Uh, I had my own Jerry Maguire moment, and I, I wrote a manifesto and just w went on this journey to decide, hey, what do, what do I want this next season of my life to look like? And and really, I, I really felt like, you know, God wanted me to break off and start my own company and to tell stories that, that he wanted me to tell. And, and so I, I write this manifesto, and out of it birthed my company reserve entertainment so uh, and for you for you wine lovers out there um which i know john is not a wine lover he, he drinks his out of a dixie cup still right right they still go with bug juice yes um 
my company my company is named Reserve Entertainment, uh, and it's, it's the branding is inspired by Jesus' first miracle of turning water into wine. And the guy running the wedding party says, "Hey, where did this reserve wine come from?" So it, it just it really moved me to think that Jesus cared about the quality of the wine. And as a filmmaker, I really care about the quality of the films that I'm making. And and so so I launch Reserve Entertainment, and I have this just great mission. I know exactly what I'm going to do, and and so I, I start to work toward making my own films and putting my own projects together, including the same kind of different as me. But what happened was somebody comes and offers me a film job, I turn it down. Somebody comes and offers me another film job, and I turn it down because it's not following in the mission. Well, 18 months without a paycheck uh, <laughs> because, uh, because I had had my Jerry Maguire moment. Um, and my wife was looking at me like, you know, you're you're either crazy, uh, or or I think it was just you're either crazy. I th- um, so, but very fortunate that same kind of differ as me got greenlit at Paramount Pictures, and we were able to to pull that together, and um, it's been a great been a great run since. Well, it was cool because that was kind of the first movie of yours that we really promoted at Macaulay, and we you know we took the entire middle school to see same kind of different as me and then we also had an evening showing red carpet showing for the upper school and it was just they absolutely loved it but I think one of the interesting stories I know you told me about was it was kind of a, as we would say at sports camp here at Macaulay a reversal of fortune because John Mahansu played uh, the homeless guy in, in same kind of different as me amazing performance but during the movie he was he was at visiting the country club at this golf club and they wanted to kick him out because of his race and it was interesting because you had kind of a total a moment that was totally the opposite of that you know in leading up to this film I know. yeah uh, you know when you when you're making a film and you're thinking about who the actor is going to be all the way back to all over again and Craig T. Nelson Robert Loggia uh, when I was putting together the same kind of different as me we have a we have a list of actors uh, fortunately no actors will be listening to this uh, but we have a list of actors. There, it's not just one. And, and I, re- I receive a, a phone call from Jaiman Hansu's agent. And, and of course, you know, he, he's, he's a legend, two-time Academy Award-nominated actor, you know, so a Braveheart, Gladiator. I mean, so he's, he's phenomenal. And, and the agent calls me and says, hey, um, Jaiman wants to do this. He read the script. Um, and he asked me to meet him at the Soho House, uh, which I am not a member of. And so I meet him at the Soho House in Hollywood. And, you know, I mean, at the Soho House, you will see everyone. You will, uh, except for people like me normally. Did, didn't you, what didn't you happen to see the day you were there? Didn't you happen to see Dr. No? Dr. No. Sean Connery, right? Uh, I, I've seen lots of. Uh, I, I've been fortunate to be invited back once or twice, but yes, um, we we've seen huge stars at the Soho House, and so Jaiman and I, you know, sat down and he he shared the story of the fact that he was homeless in France before his career launched, and he was born to make to play this role. So, uh, and we, you know, literally he had big crocodile tears in his eyes and said, you know, please allow me to play this and. 
And as a, as a young filmmaker, I was just thrilled to have that kind of talent. You know, the boys at Macaulay absolutely loved it, the middle schoolers and the upper school guys that saw it. Um, you know, one other, before we get, I know we're going to get to Blue Miracle in a second here, which is just hugely popular right now. But one more stop I want to make along the way is another film that we highlighted here on the Ridge. And um, it's called Run the Race from 2018. And you had um, an interesting time, you know, you had an interestingly famous associate producer for that film. Yeah, so... Uh, I receive a text one day and says, hey, do you want to be in the Tim Tebow business? <laughs> uh, which was an easy yes for me. I, I, I had never met Tim at the time, but I had heard great things about him. And so the, the follow-up text was, hey, if you'll produce the film, Tim Tebow will help finance the film. And so, uh, you know, I started a journey to produce uh, Run the Race and got a chance to work with Tim who, who remains front and center, switching back to football again, you know, right now. Uh, but, yeah, he, he, he seems to continue to be in, in the world. But it was, it was amazing to work with him. And when you watch the film or if you've seen the film, the, the ending moment of the film is at the University of Florida. Uh, and it was at a live game, uh, packed stands, and... It was really one of those incredible days where, as a filmmaker, you, you realize that, that this shot would cost $5 million. And because of who Tim Tebow is, and uh, we got it for free. They rolled out the red carpet for us, uh, and we, we got a chance to, uh, to just you know, pull off something amazing. So the production value in the film is, is incredible. Well, I think one of the things interesting you know, same kind of different as me. Had a couple great songs, including I think Brad Paisley wrote a song specifically for it. That's right? correct. Which is called "Stubborn Angels." That is correct. But it, you know, you had so there were two great songs. There was another one by um, Seventh, what Seventh Avenue Down, I think, in in uh, same kind of different as me. Yeah. That my story, but in um, in Run the Race, we have in fact here in the Macaulay Student Center we have you know a jukebox and we have a hundred different cds in there and one of them is the entire soundtrack to run the race because there's so many cool artists including lecrae who does yep. you know world renowned you know christian rap artist and the music is so um cool kids love the music but it, it's music that has an uplifting message um so i mean this even though same kind of different as me had a couple great songs but run the race has some amazing soundtrack including i believe there's a couple artists from around chattanooga that participated in it can you you know what do you can you speak to the music of that movie and what you maybe sometimes try to accomplish with music well in a, in a film like run the race which was targeted at the youth audience uh you know, music is is what speaks to the youth audience, and and allow it really helps them feel something. Uh, where, where may, maybe in your in your more adult movies like, uh, you know, like same kind of different as me, you know, they're they're not as concerned about who the artists are and those kind of things. But we were very fortunate, and we were very intentional with Run the Race to put together an incredible soundtrack, and 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 also you know for all the artists to say yes 
because they get they get paid a lot of money to to put their songs on on film. So it was, it was we were very very fortunate. I love I love the soundtrack. It's probably my favorite. Well, with your current movie, Blue Miracle, was released in twenty one. Uh, yeah, Blue Miracle was released uh, May May twenty seventh, so uh, of twenty one. I know uh, it was a cool experience for me because I'm I'm sitting there at my TV and I call up Netflix and and there it is trending number one, Blue Miracle, I, and and I thought, wow, this is incredible. You know, this is movie Darren produced, and what's it like to be on the other end as a producer to see that. A movie that you've invested so much time, energy, and love into is being so well received. Well, you know, go, going back to 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 all over again, where I think John Marcellus is the only one that's actually seen that that film. It might not be true, but to to produce Blue Miracle, which was a, a passion project of mine, uh, inspired by a true story, you know, it was really really uh, um, uh, amazing to to pull off the film and Netflix uh, you know they, they bought it from us and I don't think they had an idea of how successful the film would be it's it's really uh, done quite well for Netflix and so it's it's been neat because I've gotten messages from all over the world and it it, it tracked number one in Mexico and in Chile and in almost every other Spanish-speaking country as well so it's it's been a worldwide success. Well, something interesting, we've got uh, Kyle Eisenstein has just wandered onto the uh, recording set here. <laughs> and uh, co-worker, at Macaulay co-worker at Macaulay Sports Camp. I know that uh, Darren, he was here when you were here. Oh and, yeah, uh, Kyle, Kyle and I coached uh, varsity basketball together. Um, we, we, had, we had one of the the, the best teams with the worst worst uh, seasons ever. I don't I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how we managed to, to pull that off. But <laughs> well, well, going into the Blue Miracle, the the story behind that. How did how did all that come around? Well, it, it was it was very intentional. Uh, same kind of different as me. I had produced uh, with a woman uh, named Mary Parent and. And all, all through the process, she kept saying, oh, you're going to love my husband, Javier. And so when, when we got back to L.A., uh, I hung out with Javier. And, and Javier's, you, what he does, he produces movies for the Spanish-speaking, you know, culture. Uh, and he does them in Spanish. And so we just it very intentionally said, hey, let's go do something that we feel like we haven't seen before. A, you know, a movie that, that I called, you know, Latino feel, U.S. appeal. With a, with a faith element through it. And so we intentionally went after, you know, stories, and, and we were fortunate to get this one, which is true stories that happened in 2014 in Mexico. And it, the movie just came together beautifully. And when Dennis Quaid said yes, he was the, he was the, dream, the dream boat captain for us. Uh, it, we, we felt like the script was amazing and the story was amazing, but we felt like we had a hit on our hands. Uh, but you never know because you release movie. I release movies, and sometimes they just—they're not quite as successful as you would hope. But uh, we've been very fortunate with with Blue Miracle. And again, Lecrae came into the picture because right. because he and his team did the soundtrack for it. So it's it's got a great uh, in credit song called "Fight for Me." Right, you can right. also get the uh, soundtrack for Blue Miracle uh, wherever you get your soundtracks. 
So, um, so Dennis Quaid, it, you know, we showed the movie to sports camp. Yes. Last night, and they absolutely loved it. But, you know, so did does Dennis Quaid actually know how to fish? Is he a fisherman at all? You know, Dennis Quaid is a, is a sports guy. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, he he is an outdoorsman. He's a sports guy. Uh, so he he's he definitely fit on the on the boat. Uh, knew what he knew what he was doing. But we had we had professional fishing people helping us out. Just the fishing footage. I mean, we're talking. You know, these marlins that they're catching are three hundred pound and plus fish. And it was the fo- footage was amazing and that it had to be obviously it had to be difficult um but yeah the kids just enjoyed it so much and some of them had already seen it and um yeah i mean it, it was it was really good i know um you know you've got some you know i don't know how you have time to even be here today because you have three other films that are in post-production you have other stuff that's that's coming up what would you you know in these last few minutes that we've got what would you like to tell folks by the way if you if you hear a lot of noise in the background they're beautifying the campus as we speak but hopefully you can still hear darren but what would you like to tell i know you've got family camp northern light site and another project coming up i know you can't always talk about all of that publicly at this point but what would you like to encourage people to look forward to well, let me go finish mowing the lawn, and I'll, I'll come back. And um, so, uh, well, I have a couple of projects coming out in you know next year. A family camp, which is a you know a family comedy, and so it'll be my my first sort of just straight family comedy, uh, and that'll come out theatrically. We we think it'll come out in the spring. Just watching how theaters were, are going to work, uh, and then I have another film. I I was able to work again with Greg Kinnear. Uh, on a film who I've I've just become great friends with him and so we just finished filming that in Vancouver and so that will be coming out next year sometime called Sight and that is also an incredible true story uh, which uh, I'm super excited about no is I know Northern Lights is is Northern Lights still going because it's about a it's about a football team from Barrow Alaska the northernmost point of Alaska where they they play, if I'm not mistaken, they play football. Obviously, they don't have a whole lot of grass in Barrow. There's a lot of gravel, though. It's a lot you know, of gravel, so, so for sure. Uh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, so Northern Lights is, is still going. In, in fact, um, in fact, talking to, um, talking to a, a fairly famous actor about directing that film. I won't mention it until we have deals signed. Uh, uh, but I'm also uh, working on an incredible documentary um, about a, an Olympic uh, gold medalist, Helen, and she won the gold medal in wrestling, first U.S. women's wrestler to win the gold medal. And she had a career-ending, almost life-ending uh, head injury. Doctors said she would never uh, wrestle again, and she just qualified for the Olympics uh, to go back to Tokyo. And so we're, we're doing a documentary on that, and we have a... Uh, one of the most famous uh, actors in the world that I'm producing that with because he he himself was a high school wrestler and he loves Helen uh, and at this moment I'm not going to mention um, Chris Pratt's name 
No oh, spoiler alerts. Oh, 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 uh, oh wow. Oh, you just accidentally so said we, that. We might, have to, we might have to edit that out. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, but it, very fortunate to be working with uh, Chris, who just loves Helen. And, and so, yeah, we're, it, it's, it's an amazing project we're filming now. Well, I watched a short video about it yesterday that you sent me, and it's, it's, um, it looks like that. You know, is that? It's going to be an amazing story, but that's your first, like, first documentary. It is my first these... first documentary for sure, uh, and and I'm I'm excited. It's I think people right now love documentaries. That's true. It's it looks like it potentially has, you know, it could be a fantastic story. So good luck with that. Darren, it's been great to reconnect, and you're always a part of this campus and this community, and what you represent in terms of the messages and stories you share uh, reflect Macaulay, and and we share your values in that regard, too. So thanks so much for taking time out to be here, and we look forward oh. to all the great work that will come in the future oh, from you. Th thank you, Steve and John. I love, I love Macaulay. It is great to be back on this campus. In fact, my boys are... Uh, 12 and 14 in the sports camp having having the best two weeks of their life and so uh, i'll be back when we release the next movie awesome great